You're listening to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. On every episode, I talk to you about uplifting, empowering, and inspirational topics that can help you to stand up and fight those beasts in your life and to just live a life filled with much more happiness, strength, and courage. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or on SoundCloud so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. You can also find this directly on my website at ValerieSilvera.com. You are not alone. I am standing with you. How do you stay in faith after all hell breaks loose, after the you-know-what hits the fan? It's not easy and perhaps it's different depending upon the degree of faith that you already had before it all hit the fan. <laughs> For me personally, um, I was really working very hard to stay in faith, having some life challenges, financial challenges, you know, being in the entrepreneurial world many years ago. Um, so just trying to stay in faith during that. And then as my daughter started to go sideways, and this was probably back in about 2001. And when she was 15, I tried to stay in faith. Of course, she was in youth group. I tried to get closer to God, you know, do whatever I could on my spiritual journey. And I sort of had this notion that if I did that, then everything would turn out okay. And it's kind of interesting when you have that philosophy or that thought or belief about faith, and then things don't turn out right, of course it shakes your faith. It might even destroy your faith. And so it may took me a lot of years and going through a lot to really understand, at least for me, what it meant to have faith. And so let me just kind of give you a little idea of, I guess, the ups and downs of my spiritual life. So I was not, wasn't raised in a home where we went to church. I mean, sporadically, there was just, you know, some short spurts of that, but we didn't really have that going on that much in our family. This is really funny though. I found this actually a couple of these little index cards in this old Bible that was my great grandmother's Bible. And I found these index cards and it was in my little eight year old writing. And it was the 23rd Psalm. And I can remember asking my mom if she would help me memorize this. And I think it's really funny that I wanted to memorize the 23rd Psalm because when you're a little kid, you know, think about the 23rd Psalm, if you know what that's about. And that's, you know, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil and all that. I mean, as a little kid, when you don't really understand that, that's pretty scary stuff. So I'm thinking that it was probably a period of time where I was going to Sunday school and in fact, my mom actually taught Sunday school for a very short period of time, but I think maybe that somehow the 23rd Psalm was in the middle of all that. Anyway, that was, I thought that was kind of funny. So I kind of had my ups and downs with, you know, church searching and going to churches. And I've always prayed. I've always believed, even as a little child, that God existed, that God was there. I've, of course, struggled with whether or not God loves me or is pleased with me during certain periods of my life. I'm sure all of us have. But when Jamie really started to go sideways and things started to go very wrong, I prayed a lot and I really worked hard to have a better relationship with God. And it seemed like the more I did that, the worse things got. Now, I don't believe that those two are related that because I got closer to God, things were going to get worse. I just think things were going to get worse. And, um, but 
so when Jamie was shot in 2001, the first time she was shot by her ex-boyfriend and it was a near fatal gunshot wound. And she ended up with, I think nearly 50 staples holding her gut back together. And, um, they saved her life in emergency surgery. And I was really devastated as you can imagine by that. And I can remember standing near the elevator when she was released from the ICU and she was on this floor that I guess was, it was a some kind, I don't know what exactly what they called it, but it was some kind of a trauma floor for people that were really bad car accidents and all sorts of stuff. And a special ward where they had a limited number of patients per nurse. So it was like the next step up from ICU. Anyway, so it was two days, I guess, afterwards. And I was just in the hallway by the elevator by myself and I was crying out to God and it was out loud. And I was just saying, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to me? Why is all of this happening? Why can't you make things better? You know, why can't you make her better? I don't remember exactly what I was saying, but I do remember this. I remember saying to him that I just, I want to be a good person and I, I want to help people. I want to do something important in this world. Why won't you let me? why do you keep allowing all of this stuff to happen? And it's kind of funny because I was crying and crying and, and actually Rich kind of found me in that hallway. And I remember sort of thinking of God, uh, you know, up there, I know he's everywhere, but you know, thinking of him up there going, really, are you finished? You know, like I'm about a three-year-old having a temper tantrum, but I mean, it's normal and natural. That's how I felt. I thought, God, what is it going to take for you to give me a break? Well, this was back in 2001. And let me tell you something over the next many years, I didn't get a whole lot of breaks. It seemed, and things got a whole heck of a lot worse. And I would of course find out that Jamie was addicted to heroin and she would be in and out of rehab and her, in fact, she never even finished a rehab and just all of my dreams for this amazing person. I mean, the smartest, most talented, gifted person I knew were just falling apart. And that's a huge amount of disappointment. Again, how do you stay in faith? Well, honestly, I wrote about this and still standing after all the tears. I stayed in faith lots of times because I didn't know what else to do. I mean, I was mad at God a lot. I was disappointed in him. I didn't understand him. I didn't feel like praying. I mean, the whole thing, but I was on my knees sometimes. Sometimes I was flat on my flat out on my face, just trying to connect somehow with God and have him help me through this. But truthfully, what I really wanted was for him to just fix it. I mean, that's what I wanted. I mean, whatever you're going through, that's probably what you want too. You just want him to fix it. And perhaps a miracle will happen in your life. I, I didn't get my miracle. I prayed for a miracle every single day that Jamie would be clean. And I had this vision that she and I would work together and spread our message together. And she could really be a, a shining example of, of hope for those living with an addiction beast. So I had this vision and this notion and this dream and desire. And again, it was my prayer and it was my prayer for a miracle every morning for years for Jamie. And of course I call it the cosmic middle finger when, um, she was killed, when she was murdered in 2016, in August, 2016. And it was kind of like God going, nope, heck no. And you know, maybe even the big H E L L no, it wasn't going to happen. Obviously I was never going to get, going to get my miracle. It was impossible now. And I'm not going to say it wasn't disappointing. It was very disappointing. I was very upset with God. In fact, I remember saying to him out loud, you got this wrong. 
you know, you really messed this one up. She could have been such a great example. She could have done great things in this life. You know, you really messed this up. In fact, one time I said out loud to him, but God, I lost my child. And it was so weird because I didn't hear God talk to me out loud. I wish he would, but I heard him, you know, in my spirit say, I know. So did I. And it was very gentle. It wasn't a, you know, duh, so did I. And that was really a message to me going, yeah, okay, God does get what I'm going through. And I thought about it later too. And I thought, you know, my daughter was murdered and nobody was held accountable for it. Well, he was in that position too with his child. So I know that God understands what I'm going through. I don't understand God's ways. I don't understand why he won't fix everything. I don't understand why he didn't give me the miracle. But I do know that there are bigger things at play here. And truthfully, my faith is stronger and better since my daughter's death. And it's kind of crazy to think about because remember, I went from believing that if I had a lot of faith and I got really close to God, that things would get better in my life and things didn't get better. And so it's kind of weird for you to think about if that was my belief that that's what faith was all about and things got worse and really, really worse. Yet I have more faith. How did all that happen? How did I get here? Well, some of that honestly is quite miraculous because I have, I know the Bible says that it's peace that surpasses all understanding. I don't know if it surpasses all understanding, but I can tell you one thing. It surpasses my understanding. I really don't understand how I can be having a life of, of so much peace considering you know, I've got a lot of challenges with building a business and my husband's an entrepreneur. We've got that going on. And my daughter, of course, being murdered and what that did to my son and my mom and all sorts of things that, you know, just that whole impact. It's also an unsolved murder as it sits today and might be forever. I don't really know. And with all of those challenges going on, how did I get from, if I have more faith, Things will get better. Things didn't get better, but I have more faith. How in the heck did I get here? Like I said, part of it is quite miraculous because I don't know if the faith that are the peace that I have right now surpasses all understanding, but it certainly surpasses mine, as I said. And so some of it is really kind of a miracle. So maybe I got a different kind of a miracle, but I also did a lot of work to get here. I did a lot of work to find peace. I use the nine actions to battle your beast. I don't just, you know, talk about these things for my health. I live the nine actions to battle your beast every day. And faith is a huge part of those nine actions. And once again, understanding faith, this is really was the big thing for me was to understand. And it was a process. Okay. So it wasn't as if Jamie died and then everything came to me. A lot of things did come to me, but I came to realize as things got a lot worse that having faith didn't necessarily mean that everything was going to turn out okay or anything was going to turn out okay. I started to realize that there's so much in our lives that we don't have control over. Uh, we certainly don't control the miracles. That's the God's in the miracle business, not us. And we can't control other people. There is free will in the world. There are so many things at play. And I started to realize that there are very few things in this life that I really truly have control over. I can control my attitude, how I think, and therefore I can control what I believe and my level of faith. 
But that understanding of how little control we have, it really took me to a place of realizing that while I continued to pray for that miracle every morning, I would say that I prayed for peace, probably more than anything else for a period of time. I prayed for peace, I prayed for courage, and I prayed for wisdom. Because I realized that there were going to be things that were going to happen in life that I would not have control over, that I wouldn't like, that would make me sad, that would break my heart, that would disappoint me, and all of that. If that was going to happen, it was sort of a given in life, then what I really needed was the courage to get through it. What I needed to know is that whatever was going to happen in the future, that I could be standing strong, that I could still be an inspiration to other people, that I could make that difference. You remember that, that I was yelling at God about back in 2001 in the emergency hospital, um, that I could still make a difference no matter what happened in my life. And so that's how I started to transition. I started to transition to, okay, God, you know, if I'm really going to have faith in you, and I'm going to try to live out my purpose and, and walk out my mission and, and be pleasing to you and do what you think I'm supposed to do, not think, but what you want me to do in this life, then I need to have a different kind of a faith. I need to believe that you will put the right people in my path, that you will open the right doors, that you will help me to have that strength and the peace and the wisdom and the courage that I'm praying for. And that's what happened. I, you know, did this over a period of time and I still do it today. And I just, so I changed how I think about faith. The most important thing to me is that for me personally, my faith is that I'm going to heaven when I die. I'm, uh, my faith is that I'm going to see Jamie, that she is in heaven, that she is living with Jesus now, and I'm going to be there too. And so that's really, <laughs> without that, I don't know. And I'm not telling you what to believe and, and people believe different things and that's great. But but having something like this, something that I truly believe will happen for me, helps me to not just survive and get through what has happened with regard to losing my daughter, but to really live a life of joy and happiness and peace. And so here I am in a place where if you had told me, say back in 2001, if you had told me when I was standing at the hospital, God had said, okay, well, listen, it's going to get a lot worse. Your daughter's going to end up addicted to heroin. And she's going to do all sorts of terrible things. She's going to hang out with gang members. She, well, the guy that shot her was a gang member too. She's going to hang out with more gang members and all sorts of, you know, unsavory people and do all sorts of bad things and break your heart and, and, uh, you know, all this stuff. And then she's going to be murdered and it's going to be unsolved. If you had painted that picture for me, I don't know, maybe I'd have been done with God. I mean, I hope not, but, um, it's kind of incredible to think that because I had my faith so tied to being a better person and then better things happening for me, um, at least those things on the outside, that, that picture being painted for me, I, I, it would have really, I wouldn't have believed that I could be here today. And so the difference is now, aside from my faith of going to heaven, um, having the faith that I can handle whatever the future holds and beyond that, that God is providing me with what I need to make a difference in the world. And my path is not easy. You might see me watch videos and books that I write and watch me or go to a live event and think, think things look easy. Trust me, this road is not easy. It is by far the hardest thing I've ever done professionally, professionally and personally. 
but it's also very rewarding and I know it's what I'm supposed to be doing. And so see, that's the difference. I thought, you know, money in the bank, the kids are doing well, you know, great career, you know, all of the stuff that that is what would make me happy. Now let's face it. Of course that stuff helps you to be happier. And of course, who wouldn't want that? But some of the things that I have learned on this journey, the person I've become, I don't think I would have become had I not been through all of this. We learn through the challenges. We get pressed through the fire and that's how we develop all of these characteristics. And even though I was already a person of integrity, person who wanted to help other people, I mean, a lot of these things are just things I already was. But I was not a person with the kind of patience that I have now. I certainly was not the kind of person that lived in peace. And remember, I wasn't living in peace back when things were a lot better than they are now or than what I've been through. So it's, um, it's really a process. And I really think at least for me that it's shifting that thinking to what does it mean to have God in partnership with, with you? What does it mean to have faith? To walk with God, it doesn't mean that everything's going to turn out okay. But if you choose to, you can find the collateral beauty in the collateral damage because I have, and I know some other people that are too. It's there. It's more than possible, but you have to do your part. See, too many of us in this faith thing, and me included, just thought if I believe, if I stay in faith, if I pray, then God will just clear the path and make everything okay. And I think that he does open doors and I think sometimes he might just clear that path wide open and I'm still open and praying. He does that for me too. But what if he doesn't? What if people in your life don't make good choices in the future? What if your heart gets broken? What if you get massively disappointed? What if you have a big financial downfall? Uh, what if you have, you know, something really catastrophic happened. What if you have a, a serious health challenge or somebody that you love has a serious health challenge? What if you have a child like me that, that winds up living with an addiction beast? What if you end up living with an addiction beast? What if these things happen in your life? How is faith going to play a part in it? And I think it's just dangerous. And again, I'm not doing some preachy thing here because I'm not some Bible scholar or anything like that. I'm just trying to tell you for me, what I did after all hell broke loose. And by the way, like I said, I didn't start out with knowing any of this. I didn't start out having a great deep faith so that I could rely on. I believed in God and everything, but I, I mean, I have really had to stumble my way through. So I think this message might really resonate with people like, like me that didn't exactly start out with a huge amount of faith or a great understanding of how it works or how a relationship with God can be the most effective, um, and pleasing. And so I'm hoping that, that this will help you if you're struggling with faith, if you're struggling to understand why God is letting things happen to you, because I hear this all the time and I could, I could be stuck there. Think about this. I could really be stuck there. How in the world could God help? I mean, could God allow this to happen to me? How could he allow my daughter to be murdered when I'm on this mission to help other people? I mean, really, this is the thanks I get, you know, I mean, if this is what it means to go out in the world and try to do good, and this is what you get, get for it. Why would people want to do good? Right? I mean, those are the things that I could be thinking and don't think it didn't cross my mind. Okay. 
It's worse than that. Don't think I didn't think that or even speak it many times because I have. Uh, but I don't want to get stuck there. You know, I've been there. I know what that feels like to be mad at God, to believe that God has forgotten about me, that he didn't care about me. And so, you know, I'm standing at a crossroads so many times and, and you're probably standing at a crossroads today too, in many areas of your life. And certainly perhaps in your faith, we're standing at a crossroads. So we either decide to get on board and meet God where he is to accept the collateral beauty that he's placing in our path to believe that good can come out of even the most tragic of circumstances, because what's your choice? You know, when you're standing at that crossroads, and especially if it's a road you've been down many times, okay? I mean, you're standing there and you're looking down that road that you've already been on so many times, the road that leads to depression and sadness and despair and a lack of faith and hopelessness and helplessness and paralyzing fear and all that stuff. You already know what that road looks like. Why do you want to keep going down that road? You know, we need to, to become wiser. We need to back up and look down the other road. And the other road's kind of scary too. You know, this road of becoming a woman of courage for me was scary. This road of becoming a woman of faith was scary. Again, it wasn't something I was raised with. It wasn't something that I had a lot of strong experience with. It's something I fought for though. And I keep fighting for today because it's worth it. So I hope that some of these little tidbits helped you today to find your way, to find your faith, to help you after all hell has broken loose, to not give up on faith. Don't give up on God. He's not giving up on you. So don't give up on him. Do your part though. Meet God somewhere on the road to faith, on the road to peace, on the road to purpose. Because I can tell you without reservation, and I didn't think I could say this a couple of years ago, I can tell you without reservation that so much collateral beauty can come from collateral damage. So much purpose and goodness can come out of the awful things that you've gone through, the struggles, the challenges, the disappointments, all of it can build you up and take you to a place that you never, ever could have imagined. So don't give up. Get on that spiritual armor and keep it on. Have an awesome day. This has been another uplifting episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. Remember to visit ValerieSilvera.com slash podcast to subscribe via SoundCloud or iTunes.